and we're back week 18 uh what can i say this is the first time i can finally say this it is fight week um my next guest i hit up right at the beginning of uh this podcast and he gave me his word he would contact me once he had a fight announcement and for a while there i was getting a little nervous but he is a man of his word um He's fighting for Bellator this weekend. Um, both him and his opponent have a pro record of four and one, which means it's going to be someone's one has got to be done. Um, he fights out of Extreme Couture in Vegas, um, but I guess he still claims to be Hawaiian. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're about to find out. But anyway, I'm talking about none other than Ty Guerta. How are you? What have you been up to? And how has 2020 been treating you? Oh, man, I've been good. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, you know, same thing as always. Just uh, even though we've been in quarantine, it's kind of one of those things where it hasn't stopped me from doing my job. I got to go in and train every day. And I mean, granted, we've got to be a little more careful with everyone getting sick and whatnot. But uh, you got to do what you got to do. I got to pay my bills at the end of the day. So has it been any harder though during this this pandemic like have have like cuz over here for for ages they closed all the gyms right like you literally I mean I guess they they did in Hawaii too cuz I mean Max Holloway was claiming that he was only training over Zoom which I have to say I I don't believe that but um you, you know like but over here it was, it, over over here it was strict like they they literally were sending police officers around and it's like a ten thousand dollar fine right so yeah, um yeah. but then again you guys live in the land of the free so th- th- this is i guess where does it stand over there are you because over here you know the government tells us to lock down we lock down like i mean we have guys um that have been wanting to protest. But, I mean, it's even gotten to a point now last week they had two people arrested um, literally for posting on Facebook uh, that they wanted to protest on the weekend and suddenly they had police knocking at their doors and, and arrested both of them for incitement, right, which I've never seen before and I think that's kind of a little out of control now because I was like, hang on a sec, it's a Facebook post, who cares? Um, but how have you guys been handling the pandemic um, you know, it's different in, uh, different States. It's like, so I was in California for the beginning from, uh, we started in February, mid February, March, April, I was in California at a uh, CSA. Um, and they, they weren't messing around. They went full lockdown. They, they had cops showing up to the gym. Actually, um, uh, I think it was back in April, a little before I left, I was in a gym working out and it was just me lifting weights and uh cops were actually sitting out back because we were sneaking into the gym individually um but it wasn't like we were actually training with each other you know it was we were doing our own thing hitting the bag by ourselves or lifting weights and whatnot um so i was actually leaving the gym and as soon as i step out the door cop roll up like two deep there's two two cops in the car and they're like heavily armed ready to go and i'm walking out they pull up heavy they're like hey hands on your head like i don't know like whoa 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 like what's going on and you know you see all these crazy things going on with cops nowadays and you know i'm i'm not white i have brown i'm tattoos i'm covered in tattoos let alone and so like first thing that pops into my head is please don't shoot me like for whatever reason 
So they're like, oh, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, I was getting a lift in. And um, he's like, oh, I had to kind of tell them that I worked there as well too, you know? And uh, coach was in the, in the gym just doing his own thing. But yeah, they were serious. And they were talking about like, oh, it's like a $1,000 fine for every person you catch coming out of the gym and then up to 5,000 for the business owner. And I was like, dang, yeah. uh, well, yeah, I'll let coach know next time. <laughs> and they let me slide, but for a good minute, I was thinking, man, no, I, either I'm getting shot or I'm gonna get a thousand dollar fine. So, well, uh, it, it, he it's, let me go. It's the same for us over here. It's, I think it's $1,600 for the individual. And then as I say, yeah. it's it's ten thousand for the business, right? Like so mm -hmm. they don't play around either. And for a while there, you know, it, it it was getting to a point I think we we were all thinking this is their way of recouping some of the money, right? Because obviously yeah. uh, I guess you guys as well, we our government's given us a lot of stimulus packages, right? Uh -huh. Um whether it's un, uh, uh, extra unemployment benefits or whether it's just uh, we got this thing called job keeper, which basically is a handout from the government to businesses to keep people employed during this time, um, mm -hmm. which is billions and billions of dollars, right? So we're all sitting here going, okay, well, there's no such thing as free money, right? So like the, yeah. the, the running joke was like, yeah, now they're sending the police out to find everyone to try to recoup some of that money, right? Collect money back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's crazy as well that you mentioned the thing about you know um, uh, the the police and and being heavy handed and stuff like that. Uh, I think it sometimes comes with the territory. Um, you know, your gun laws, right? Like it's the land of the free. I, I know a lot yeah. of. I, I don't know which side you stand on 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 that table, but I know that you know you you always debate the fact that it's your right to bear arms and and things like yeah. that and 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 you know for me i i kind of agreed for a long time um i mean we we can't have guns over here or you can if you're a farmer or whatever but generally speaking mm -hmm. it's not your right so to speak right um yeah but i mean two things on that i i kind of find um the first the first thing is that even though we don't have the freedom to own a gun, I kind of feel freer because I know the general population don't have guns. And what I mean by that is like, you know, when I walk the streets and I don't care if it's like three o'clock in the morning or whatever, generally speaking, I feel pretty safe. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I, so therefore like, yes, we have a law that holds us down in, in, in a sense, but on the same token, I feel freer because I don't have that constant worry. And it was my friend that actually pointed that out to me, even with the police side of things, because I used to always show him, you know, as you see these YouTube clips, and I'm like, look at this, like police brutality, police brutality. Yeah. And um, he, he's actually part of the special forces here, um, here in Australia. And, and he was like, dude, like, I get it that you... Uh, you know, a lot of the cases, they are, you know, it, it looks like they're jumping the gun. Um, but what he was saying from his perspective is whatever it is, defence forces, police, whatever, like, it's a job, right? Like, at the end of the mm -hmm. day, it's a job. And they just want to go home. Yeah. And they want to go home, right? And, and what he was saying, because I, I showed him one example of um, the police, they... They, this is going years back, they they pulled a guy into a service station and he got out of the car 
and they asked for um, what did they ask for? Your rego insurance or whatever, right? Yeah. And he went in to grab him, and as soon as he went into the car, they shot him, right? And I was like, that's crazy, like you know. And and my friend said, yeah, but he shouldn't have gone into the car because obviously their first thought is he's going to go get a firearm, right? So yeah. they're, they're – and that's why they're trigger happy is because you've got so many guns. Well, I mean, they're, you, they're you, trained to look at the worst situation. But you've you got know? so many guns. Worst like te- Technically, everyone's got a gun, so it's like, well, I'm going to shoot first, ask questions later, right? We're over here. Like, the yeah. reason you see the police – like, I, I saw one guy post a thing where, you know, there's this guy with a knife and the police are there for literally 10 minutes just going, put the knife down, put the knife down, you know, and he's kind of like, in America, that guy would have been shot, you know, right? Um, but yeah. in, in the example that I gave my mate, he's like, I said, but they asked him to get the insurance papers. And he said, yeah, but what he should have done is said, listen, my insurance papers are in the, in the car. Should I lean in? You know, like literally ask for that permission. It was the fact that he, yeah. the way he lent in, you know, as their, their mentality is like, well, we're not about to find out, which as I say, it doesn't excuse what they do. Um, but mm-hmm. I do, I do like I am one of those people that I kind of go, look, I mean, when I was in Vegas last, we went to the firing range. Love it. A lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't, I don't think that you should have so many, I guess, firearms openly, op- uh, you yeah. know, yeah. available uh, for everyone. Like, and, and, and especially with the, the, the checks that you guys have. Right. Yeah. I, I'm definitely like, I'm on both sides of it. Like there's. There's people out there getting their hands on guns that shouldn't probably shouldn't have guns. And there's cops out there that probably shouldn't be cops. You know what I mean? And it's just loopholes both sides, but you know, it's it comes down to the situation and really I think it's a moral thing. Like if if the dude's like waving his hands up in the air, like, hey, don't shoot me, I'm like whatever, even if he's a criminal and he's not he's you know he's got nothing on him he's no no weapon whatsoever like you don't go and just shoot the dude or whatever you feel like doing and you don't go and piss off a cop just because you feel like it you know and because they and, uh, and especially because here the authority shoot yeah and especially because here the, the running joke as well is that a lot of police officers are, are people that got picked on at school right <laughs> Hey, right, and 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 they yeah. and, and they find and they finally get that authority now, right? And they they like they, to abuse they that too. That power trip, right? So I mean, that's it, the running joke. Like I'm not saying that. Way. I'm sure there's there's good officers out there too. Like I'm I'm just saying that is no, the running yeah, joke. For sure. You know, um, I wanted to be a cop at one point. Um, when did I you was get picked on at school? Up, like in high school. Uh, uh, what's up? I said, did you get picked on at school? No, uh, I just something about I like originally I wanted to be uh SWAT team like special forces kind of thing I just always had an uh fascination towards guns and stuff and just always wanted to be really good with them not for not because I'm kind of messed up in the head or whatever but just it, I don't know they're just cool you know um but I feel like the people that actually have hobbies for guns are the very ones that are good with them they're safe with them they not like they're not just a bunch of goons with guns ready to be trigger happy and shoot somebody on the front lawn like to come out there and practice you know safe gun handling um but like i but said I mean, we, have, ways, we, just... we 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 have that over here too right like that's what i mean like so the two ways you can kind of have a gun over here like when when we say we can't have guns you can 
Um, one is a farmer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just like a one-shot rifle scenario, right? Like a bolt action yeah. or whatever. And, and, and they need to get a permit. And it's usually like if they have a lot of kangaroos on the property or a lot of rabbits, right? So, and one... They're out in the farm anyway, so it's not like they're going to go around. Yeah. And, and and even if they did, as I said, like they're limited to the type of gun they, that they can have, right? Um, yeah. the, the other one, which is a little harder, like once again, like they're not going to let anyone join a club, but you can join gun clubs and get your licensing through that way. But the funny thing with that is um, a lot of the times the guns stay on the premises. So technically it becomes a shooting range, right? Like you don't actually take the yeah. gun home with you. You you it's your gun, but you store it there in the locker and everything like that. So and even mm-hmm. and and even the police force, like uh, I got I got a friend who's in the force and uh, as a police officer you do have the right to take your gun home. Um obviously you have to have the right lockers and all that, but generally speaking yeah. a lot of the officers they'll once again they'll leave it at the police department, they won't actually take the guns home. So once they clock off, that's it. They 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 wipe their hands from it, right? Yeah. See, that's the you know that's the thing with America. It's like I think everyone takes all these Ten Commandments, whatever. Like, oh, I, I have freedom, whatever, and they they go and really take it for granted. You know, like they'll push it to the very last straw just to just to prove a point, you know? And that's where I think America fails, I would say. I think like all these countries that's got these strict laws towards anything like that shouldn't be messed around with something that you don't take lightly. I believe like America's failing there, you know? They want to be like, hey, it's the land of the free. Now everyone can have a machine gun in their house. Like, nah, uh, <laughs> what do you need a machine gun for? And they, you're not going to have a stampede of people at your front yard trying to knock your door down you know for for any reason but yeah and, a, and know, as i said at the beginning on, like you know are you really free if you're always having to look over your shoulder right and that's the kind of sense nah. that i get right it's like yes you have that freedom but you're constantly worrying like you know if yeah. someone looks See, at growing you the up wrong in Hawaii, way there was there was no such thing as really people pulling guns on us you know like almost my whole my whole childhood or like all the way till i moved out of hawaii moved away when i was 17 never really ever i came across the guns once in hawaii and that was because my uncle was in the force you know and like we there's no gun stores that i can think of they're all from the range if you were near any guns and so like we grew up it was just hey let's they're scrapping you know like like i like the, i like my chances of being able to walk down the street in the middle of the night and be like, okay, I don't got to worry about somebody putting a gun in my head if I turn around and rather than be like, hey, let's, you know, what's up, you know? But I don't know. It's just, it's so, just crazy being in a mainland. It's especially Vegas. It's so lenient. And I, and I, and I like that, you know, like I, that, that's the one law I do like where they have that uh, in the States, right? Where you guys have that mutual combat law or something like that, where if two people decide they want to scrap, you, you legally can, yeah, right? Like, Because I've seen yeah. videos like that oh, as yeah. well where you literally see a police officer just standing to the side. Like he'll just watch it unfold because these two have like decided, yeah. like let's scrap. And I've always been a big believer of that in the sense of, look, settle your differences, scrap it out. But at the end of the day, you both get to see another day, right? 
One will come yeah, out a little worse. family or whatever it is. Right? One will come out a little worse. Like one will have the black eye, the busted lip, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you have it out, but you both live. And like even to the point, like I don't see when uh, – I hate it when people bring knives to, to a fight. Or like I'm the same. Yeah. Like I'm like if you want to duke it out, duke it out. That's it. You know, or in your case, make yep. some money and duke it out. Like, let's make it legal. Let's jump in the, <laughs> let, let's jump in the cage. Yeah. And let's get paid, and we'll we'll see who's boss. You know. Yeah, I, I'm all about that old school combat. You know, just it's mano y mano. Like it's man versus man. Like may the best man win. You you beat me up. You shake hands at the end of the day. Like all right, squash. We're good. Nice, nice. That's how it is in Hawaii. <laughs> so you obviously when so. Starting with your mixed martial arts career, like, did that already start as a kid in Hawaii, or was that something that you kind of like really got into, like, once uh, once you made the move? It was um, so I started in Hawaii. It, well, I'm originally a football player, uh, American football, not soccer, but um, or rugby uh, as we like to call it, or rugby. Yeah, rugby is way cooler than right. football. We've got rugby. Uh, it's funny because football, you've got your football, you've got soccer, you've got rugby, you've got union, and also Australian rules football. So every time someone says football, it's yeah, like, all right, what are we talking? Yeah, I got to be specific. Um, but yeah, so originally I was a football player and a bunch of my, my brother and his friends, they were off training MMA. And this was kind of, I was pretty young. I was probably... 14, 13, yeah, 12, 13. And in the off season of football, all I did was really go to the beach, surf every day after school. And I got fat in the off season, you know? So, and football was always going to be my primary sport. And I was like, oh, I'm going to play college football. And I knew I was talented enough to, you know, maybe even make it further in college football. And, um, but I mean, obviously it didn't work out, but, uh, yeah, so my brother was actually like, hey, you should come and train with us in the off-season and, you know, um, learn how to fight. You can protect yourself. You know, it'll complement football, footwork, all that stuff. You stay in shape. You just get fat, go to the beach every day and eat, eat poke. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just it kind of found me, I guess you could say. It just worked out. Like, football was so bad on my body. I got a lot of injuries and um after after high school i started doing it more and more often um played a little bit of college and um semi-pro football almost went and played played in canada but uh i got hurt again and went right back to training mma once i got healthy again and um yeah i just kind of fell in love with it i actually ended up being kind of decent to start so i ran with it i was like ah maybe i'll get better at this you know and well here i am which is which is funny because it's kind of like the regular occurrence, right? Like um, I had Sam Goodman on, who's a boxer, an Australian boxer, and the same thing. He was uh-huh. a football player, and he and he did it to stay in shape during the off season, and then he's now yep. a boxer. Um, Jamie Malarkey, uh, you you know Jamie Malarkey, obviously Australian, yep. um, now in the UFC. Same story. He was like, I started doing MMA to keep fit during the off season. Um, mm-hmm. and then the last one was Dave Francis that I had same thing. And he was getting to the point he, he when, when I, I stopped him and I was like, Hey, let me guess you, you did this to stay fit. And he's like, mate, you need to get new guests, <laughs> right? He's like, you need to get new guests because it's like a running theme. I mean, even when you look at, yeah. um, Alex Volkanovsky, 
right? He's an ex-football player. Oh, he's a monster. But he's an ex-football player. So it, it's yeah. weird that, like, I just find that a lot of, you know, these these mixed martial artists are converting across from football specifically. And I guess they're both contact sports, but, like, yeah. it's just I, a, it's a running thing. I think football is the best converted Sorry. No, 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 it's good. Uh, I think football play I think football players are the best transfer athletes to MMA. Just because football players are probably one of the most athletic beings on the planet, you know? And they can do it all. Agility, uh speed, strength. Like I think that's why I do so well is because of all those traits and I carry it over to what I'm doing. And have you ever seen <laughs> our 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 football? Like when I say rugby, like have you ever seen that? Because I know that most yeah, people, yeah. they're like, I can't believe you guys do this without pads and stuff. Like, what's your opinion of, of, of our game? Uh, I, I'm all about it. I, I like I like all the contact. I play defense, so, like, pads or no pads, someone's getting a lick, you know? <laughs> and playing rugby, like, me and all the boys, uh, we used to play at the park, uh, pick up games in the offseason, too. Like, we'd just be like, hey, let's go round up 15 guys, go play or 16 guys play eight on eight and just go and smack each other in the park with no pads. Like it wasn't a, wasn't a big deal. I, I was all for it. Crazy, crazy. So listen, <clears throat> um, obviously at the, at the end of last year, you, you also came and visited this little Island down at the bottom of the bottom of the globe. Um, what was your kind of like, was it your first time to Australia? Yeah, that was my first time. And, and what was your, uh, kind of first impressions? You know, it, I, as soon as we got out of the airport and, like, you take a step outside, um, I was like, man, this is like Hawaii. Well, that <laughs> was going to be my next question. Cleaner. Like, how does it compare to, to Hawaii as well? Like, Yeah. So, it, it's it's a lot cleaner than Hawaii is. Um, smells a lot fresher as well. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying Hawaii is dirty, but it's just it just seems like people in Australia just take care of their their land better you know like um i feel like hawaii is so small and the tourists just take overtakes the island that you know it kind of we take away from appreciating our land like hawaiians are always been very very appreciative of the land you know taking care of the the aina which is the land and so like going to australia i was like oh man this is awesome like i totally moved here <laughs> like that was literally my first first thought it was like oh i if I ever had to like leave the country, I'm moving to Australia. Like, and I still feel the same way. Um, it's the beaches are nice, the people are awesome. I I love Aussies, man. They're just straightforward, fun people. And um, I actually am like got pretty really close with one of the guys that's out there that trains at uh, Igor's, and like he's one of the one of my favorite dudes I've ever met too. So I mean, I've only met him for like oh, hung out with him like three days. So, uh, I love Australia. You just the weather is awesome. It's it's just a big hoy. Well, the weather has definitely been getting better as we're heading into to spring now. Uh, today, today I will say though is a terrible day. Like it's raining. It's 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 pretty miserable. Um, did you spend I your whole rain, bro. <laughs> did 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 you spend your whole time in Sydney or did did you travel a little bit while you were here? Yeah, we stayed in Sydney. We were gonna go up the coast um, and. We're actually gonna go check out um, uh, where Jesse's from, Cairns, and we're gonna go up the coast and do a whole bunch of stuff. But we got caught up doing a whole bunch of like business stuff for on her end. Um, so 
yeah, she was, it was one of those things we were going to do a second time if we came back, but I, I do eventually want to come back, even if it's on my own and do a whole bunch of gallivanting. Well, as I was saying to Janae uh, Harding a couple of weeks back is you got to get into Scott's ear. We got to make Bellator. I know that they do European cards, so it's about time that they come and show Australia some love. They they need to uh, bring Bellator down to Australia. Got to. Um, but while you were here, did you do any of the touristy things, or not really? Like, did you go see the koalas and 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 the kangaroos and and all of yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, we went to what is that? Uh, the one over in right in the harbor. We went to the aquarium that was over there. The Taronga the, uh, Zoo. Zoo that was there. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Uh, we went over there and um, got to see a whole bunch of sharks. It was actually funny because we went, we went to go see the sharks, and the very next day I went spear fishing, <laughs> which was not a good idea because the whole time I'm thinking of all the sharks I've seen the day before. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that. Uh, literally yesterday, um, it was in the news this morning. Um, for the first time in sixty years, uh, up in Queensland, they they had a shark attack. Um, and obviously a fatal, no a fatal one, yeah, great white, and uh, the, wow. the guy forty six passed passed away. Great white. So, but I mean, look, sixty Dang. years, like it's it's one of those things. Like you always know that is crazy. You always know the risk when you know, as I said, because now they're yeah. doing this whole witch hunt now. Like we've got to find this shark, you know, and it's like. I, I, I'm not a big believer of like, I mean, shark doing shark things. Like, you know, the risks when shark you doing shark things, right? You know, the risks when, when, when you jump into that water. And I always find it so weird that all of a sudden they're like, oh, we need to kill the shark. And it's like, why? Like, he was just doing no, what? That's, yeah, that's their element. You know, that's, that's their territory at that point. Um, like, I've been spearfishing my whole life and I've came across numerous sharks, you know, um, Obviously, they are curious creatures as well, and they're going to come check you out if they see you. And um, I mean, you can only do so much to really maybe even uh, avoid the situation, swim away if you see one or, you know, and you can't be, you got to be cautious as you go in that water. You're like, you're, you're not the apex predator anymore, you know, and like it, it, we have attacks in Hawaii all the time. And it's, it's kind of just one of those things where, well, it. You know what you was getting into when you got in the water. <laughs> See, we don't we don't have that many attacks, but I mean, it happens. You know, um, I I, yeah. I always relay it back to a comedian. I, f- I forgot who it was. It might have been like I don't know if it was Cat Williams or someone, but um, they were talking about the Siegfried and Roy, right? And and the tiger attack, uh-huh. and everyone was like, "Oh my god, the tiger went crazy!" And he's like, "The tiger didn't go crazy. The tiger went tiger, right? Crazy, is, <laughs> crazy yeah. is the tiger running around on a little push bike and stuff. That's crazy." right like that's crazy right so but it's just because we we see that as entertainment but then when a tiger turns tiger suddenly we're calling it crazy which is which is nuts to me you can't you can't domesticate wild at some point they bring back their own dna they're gonna act on it that's it um so when you were over here did you um i i have to ask did you try vegemite i did i actually tried it even beforehand so i actually like it it I mean, there isn't a lot of food that I don't or like things that I don't like as far as eating. <laughs> like I, at one point, uh, I was I almost had it every morning for a couple weeks straight on my toast. So I, think, I, I like Vegemite. Yeah, I I think there's there's a correct way of having it. Um, I mean, I love Vegemite with a bit of cheese on it too. Um, but uh-huh. I think what the problem is, a lot of people see it as a spread, like 
like Nutella or jam or, or whatever, and they they just layer it on, and and it's one of those things that no. you're just meant to put a little bit on, right? Because otherwise, it gets a bit just a little, just a tad, right? But um, it's funny because yeah, it's, it's, you, it, I notice if you put too much, it's a bit much. Yeah, it, well, because it, it's so strong, right? Like it, it really is. It's like ooh, like um, yeah. But we grow up on it, so it's it's one of those things that most Australians will will dig. But I guess we also master how much we're meant to be putting on. But then you'll always get yeah. like someone from overseas, and they'll just be like, "This is disgusting! Like, how do you even eat this stuff?" Right? Um, yeah. Did you try Tim Tams? Oh, bro! Don't even get me started about Tim Tams right now. Cutting weight, and you're gonna bring up Tim Tams? Nah. Um, yeah, we. So I th- uh, first time Jesse was in Melbourne, she she brought back like a whole bag for me. Uh, I think it had lasted maybe five minutes. I probably had maybe I had at least like six, six or seven containers of them unopened. Eight to six in like two weeks. And I saved one because I was like, man, I'm really eating all of this. And this is really good. I don't have self-control when it comes to eating either. So that last little case I had, I was I had to make it last. So I made it last maybe about a month with like three pieces but Tim Tams, hands down, my favorite. And I'm not even a big sweet person, so that the fact that I like Tim Tams is a big deal. And let me ask you though, did you have it just as a Tim Tam, or did you did you get taught the art of a Tim Tam bomb? You gotta, yep, you gotta bite the corner, two, two corners, and then dip it in there. So you can even what it suck the milk up or with it like a straw. That fudge, that was that the double fudge. What is that flavor? Uh, the double oh, fudge one? They're, they're, oh, there's man. like 40 different flavors now, but yeah. That triple chocolate, double, uh, I don't even remember what it is, but that is, I'm, I'm already salivating. Right, and and you literally you use it as a straw, usually preferably with a hot chocolate or, or a coffee or something, something, yeah, that's, chocolate. That, something that's hot because then obviously the whole yeah. bomb, it explodes in your mouth, right? It just like, boom, like it melts. And yeah. It's, and it's, it's crazy good. I like uh, with a chocolate almond milk, Especially because just a thicker, and then you know heat it up a little bit. Yeah, I need to give me some ten times. <laughs> Crazy, and I mean we we also got the uh, Mentos as well. You guys got Mentos? Yeah, right? we got Mentos. I haven't had those in years. All right, they're they're pretty good too. And and the one uh, they've got this limited edition right now, which is called like um, this or that, which means that every Mentos um, comes with. Uh, at this or that that question, right? So I don't know if you can see it um, right there. Uh, probably not too far away. No, but for instance, this one says really this it. one this one says dolphin or shark. So are you a dolphin person or are you a shark person? Shark. It's all about being the apex predator. I was about to say, right? I can't be in, I can't be locked in a cage fifteen minutes at a time and expect to be a dolphin. <laughs> Got to be a shark. Yeah, but then again, dolphins are intelligent, right? They're one of the smartest creatures. Touche. I'm yeah. not that smart though. So, <laughs> so um, but talk, talking about food and as as you just mentioned as well, um, you know your your fight week. So this is the tough week for you, I guess, uh, when it comes to food. Anyway, um, how how are you yeah. how are you traveling along? Like, have have you got much uh, weight to shed? And and like, yeah, how how's how's fight week? Um, it's. It's fairly easy. My last couple of weeks has been really easy, but 
you know, coming off a loss back in December, um, and for me not being able to get that one back for so long, like it's been nine months since I fought, and that's really been stinging my soul for a while. And I, I can't even watch that fight or even really think about it because it really, really annoys me. So, um, and it was just one of, it's just such a poor performance. And since then it's like, I, well, we had COVID and so I had no choice but to take off. And then as soon as I was able to actually get a decent like training schedule put together, um, I dedicated everything I had. I changed the way I eat, made it a lot cleaner. Um, I worked out more. Um, I just dedicated everything I could to really make myself not be that person I was back in December. Um, so this fight, I actually really dieted. Um, like I stopped eating red meat so far out just so I can be cleaner. Uh, ran more. I trained harder. Got in my head. Like really meditated. Even whatever I could do to keep my mind pure and focused on training and my body right to stay healthy i did this time around and um yeah this this time around i'm i'm actually actually had a little bit of french fries earlier i was so hungry that it didn't i didn't feel guilty eating it because my weight's fine my body feels great but i just we're stuck quarantined so it wasn't anything to eat i was like i'm gonna have some fries <laughs> so let me ask you though going back to your last fight i know you don't want to re-watch it or relive it but do you know where it went wrong for you? Like, was it was it something that went wrong um, in the fight that that you feel like you know you could have done differently, or or, or was it to do with dieting and stuff? Since you're you're taking a different approach to it now, or, you know, was it that your gas tank ran out, or, or what? Do you, do you know where you went wrong on the last one? There was a few things. Um, it you know, no excuses. He was the better man that night. He beat me. Um, I I own that loss. Like you know, I'd rather have had that loss when I did rather than later. You know, um, and the only thing really I changed besides going back to Vegas is just the way I eat and the way I look at all of it. Like going into fight week in December, I I thought I was in the right mindset, but I wasn't. That week of I. Mentally, I was nowhere to be found. I was not focused whatsoever. I like I took it way too lightly. I was way too relaxed going into that fight, and it, it bit me in the ass, you know. Um, you know and when, I, I and when you say with I the focus, very- sorry, when you say with the focus, um, was that to do with uh, the pressure being your first, I guess, Bellator fight, or or did you have a lot of distractions, or? Why? Why weren't you at the, uh, in the right mindset? You know what? I couldn't. I, I, I'm still trying to figure out why. For to be honest, um, like there was a couple of things throughout camp that I wasn't happy with, and uh, I'm not gonna get real specific because I don't want to make it seem like I'm throwing anybody under the bus or blaming someone else. Um, but yeah, came fight week. I just didn't want to fight i woke up fight day and was like just get just get this over with like i didn't even want to be there you know uh warming up in the back i was wasn't thinking about the fight i was warming up and i was still spacing out got into the cage and i just like phased out blank quiet like 
nothing was going on in my head to really get me to trigger that switch. I'm usually very good at triggering my switch and just being like, all right, game on, let's scrap. But that might just... And it's crazy... Deer in headlights. And it's crazy you mentioned that because I always say that's what makes this the toughest job in the world, right? It's it's the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, in most jobs, you're not feeling good, right? You, you call your boss, you tell him I'm sick or whatever. You're like, I ain't coming in today, right? Um, yeah. Where... With, with combat sports, whether it be boxing or MMA, it's like you don't get that option Like um, unless there's like a serious injury or, or something goes wrong. But it's, as, as you mentioned, like you can't just wake up in the morning and go, I don't want to be here. What are you going to do? Call Scott yeah. <laughs> Call Scott and go, hey, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> Can you take a ring Yeah, <laughs> I, I ain't coming in today. Why? What's wrong? Oh, nothing. I just don't really feel like it. You know, like it, it, you, you don't have that yeah. option. And, and that's that's where I think... You know, as I say, that's what makes this line of work so, so tough. And and people usually don't understand that. It's like you're human. Um, you know, everyone has their ups and their downs. The bottom line is, is on your down days, you're just going to have to pull, pull your socks up and, and walk on in anyway, right? Even if you don't want to be there, which is, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, it's, you know... Uh yeah, you can't really just be like wake up that morning and be like, hey, let's take a rain check. Like, you're not feeling good. Either you push through and like do what you got to do or you get in there and take your ass whooping. And I, I kind of took my ass whooping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you got your ass whooped. But um, yeah, um, I mean, you took the L. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I took an L, so... I'll leave it at that. And, 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 it's your, and it's your first one as a pro. So, I mean, that, that one, uh, you know, my mother used to always say, say to me when I, when I was younger, she used to always say, the first one's the hardest. With anything. Yeah. Right? With anything. Cause first then you, last. You, you, you start to learn. It's first anything. Like, as I say, like, I, I remember when I had my first car and I got that first scratch in the car and it, and it ate me up inside for weeks, right? I was like, damn it. I scratched the car, you know, like it was really that moment. Yeah. And, and she'd be like, you're going to have many more in your life. You know, like that one's going to hurt. You'll learn to deal with the rest of it. And it's true. Like these days, like, you know, you put a scratch in or whatever. You're like, nah, I've, I've been here before. Uh, I don't, right. I, I don't yeah. really, you know. Um, but I mean, you know, it. so being your first Bellator and uh, you obviously wanted to put on a performance, you, you didn't get the nod. And I think you posted something this week saying the last one was a setback. Uh, this one's the comeback, right? Is that yeah. is that a whole mindset or, or you know? Yeah, um, I keep telling myself like over the past couple of months, even before I got this fight, I was like, the next one, like, next one's me coming back. I'm going to show everyone what I'm good at, you know? Um, like last time, whatever the issue was going into fight week, and uh, it is what it is. It that was just a little setback. That's just that's like you said. It's like the scratch on the car. Like, all right, cool. We gotta keep moving, and that's that's how I'm going into this one. I just want to go out there, have fun, do what I do best. And every time when I have fun and do what I do best, I get I get the uh, the the results I want. And have you had a full camp for this one or because of COVID has it been kind of like broken up? Like, yeah. And, and I guess who, who's been getting you ready for, for this one? 
Um, so I guess I would say I did have a full camp, even though it was on three and a half weeks notice, just about four weeks. Um, it's almost a full camp for most people that would, they would four weeks, you know, but I like to call six weeks a full camp. Um, yeah, I, I was, I've been going hard nonstop strength and conditioning as if I've been in camp since May. So like this was three months in the making for me. I was, I was ready to do that all the way till they called me and told me, Hey, you got to fight this night. You know, I is was, it, is that, is that actually notice and just be ready. Is that actually you training as hard in, in strength and conditioning? Cause all the videos I see you posting is just you yelling at other people to push their, uh, their limits. Right. Like <laughs> you constantly got these people on the aero bikes and stuff like that. I, so I don't know, like, cause I always find that funny as well on the coach's perspective. Right. Like, cause I, I go to training. I, yeah. had this, I had this joke with my coach just last week and he, you know, like when, when he's like, when they demonstrate, they're like, boom, boom. And they're like, now I'll do that for two and a half minutes straight. Right. And I always feel like you do it for yeah. two and a half minutes straight, you know, cause when, when, when you're starting to fatigue, right. And they're like, come on, keep yeah, going. Yeah. And it's like, hang on a sec. You did it for five seconds. And now you're telling us to do it for two and a half minutes, you know, like give us a break, but I'm not a professional. Yeah. Athlete, I'm so. sure. So like, since I started personal training, I'm sure sometimes they hate me cause well, like, I'm not going to make them do something that I couldn't do, you know? But sometimes I forget that I'm a professional athlete and I'm pushing them to do something for two and a half minutes and they're like, this is hard, you know? Like, for the normal average person that doesn't, isn't fully athletic or super in shape. And so I got to, sometimes I got to remember and be like, oh, wait, I got to chill out a little bit. But um, I always tell them, like, I'm not going to make them do something that's, completely ridiculous if if it's something i can't do i ain't gonna tell them to do it so um i just try to push them you know uh, but strength and conditioning like if i for me i i like to redline myself i if i gotta make myself barf from doing it so no and and you kind of have to comes first and you kind of have to know I, I feel that um you know sometimes once again when you've got like couch coaches and stuff like that you know you you never really realize how hard it is until you do it. And, and my first moment was like just a simple plank, right? I remember when when, yeah. when I first did the, the Wimp to Warrior, for instance, and they're like, all right, now you've got to plank for three minutes. And like in my mind, it's like three minutes. Three like, minutes. Yeah, like it's like three minutes is easy, right? 30 seconds in, I wasn't saying that. Kind of hard. Right? <laughs> I wasn't saying that. And that's the three minutes you, is kind of hard. And that, yeah, they, they do it at the beginning to try to break you and stuff, you know, like... And, yeah, they, and, yeah. and you see everyone's form goes out, like everyone starts sticking their butt up in the air. And, but, I mean, they'll come around, they'll be like, push it back down, you know, like... Um, but, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it's, it's one of those moments that you kind of like... Yeah, you never realise. And as I say, it's the same thing. It's anything you do, you know, it's, it's like you know, throw straights for, for a minute, yep. right? The first 10 seconds, fine, 20, fine, 30. And then it's like that last 20 seconds, the from 40 to a minute, you're starting to go, okay, I'm feeling my shoulders, you know, I'm starting to really drop my hands yes. and, 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 and it's kind of, kind of crazy. Um, but so with, with this fight, do you know much about your opponent? Um, I know that he is, I think I'm pretty sure he's a brown belt. He's a grappler. Well, you know what? I don't know exactly what he's very good at. Cause from what I've, well, I don't, I'm not one to really study my opponent anyway. Um, but from what I know, he's, I think he's a brown belt. 
he's got a little bit of wrestling background and uh, he does like to strike a little bit from what I've seen. Um, but what I mean from like not even studying my opponents, I kind of, it's Floyd Mayweather said it once. He's like, I don't, I don't study any opponent. I just go in there and do what I do best. I kind of just try to, right. I really try to implement that because sometimes you can be so ready for one specific thing and you get in there and you're like, what the heck is this nonsense? You know, it's something completely different from what you practice, you train for. hundred percent. I agree with that because sometimes you get so caught up as well that you forget to let go. Right. Like I've seen it. I've seen it so many times where people like they're good, but they're so worried about what their opponent's going to do that suddenly they forget what they're good at. Not that they forget what they're good at, but they're bracing so much for their opponent to do whatever they're doing that it's yeah. like, hey, dude, now you're just on the defensive, right? And I think... Um, yeah, you don't, they don't pull the trigger. I think uh, I think even Connor had that uh, with his last fight, right, where he ended up uh, with the Khabib fight, where he ended up uh, blaming his, his camp a little bit because he said we took too much of a defensive kind of because they were so worried about Khabib's wrestling that same thing like he didn't really implement his attack right and I mean Uh I don't know if it would have changed the outcome I really don't because I mean Khabib's just a different animal Um, but like it's just an interesting thought that by being so concerned about your opponent it actually affects as I say, and, and I hear that more often where people are just like, I can do stuff too. I'm not worried about what he's doing. Yeah. I can do stuff. People really forget that once we, like if you're playing your game, they get thrown off their game regardless. So there's no point in playing defense. Like even if your game is defense and they're a really good offensive person, then at some point your game still starts end up becoming the thing that leads, you're like, you start leading the dance anyway, you know? So, like, I'm I'm not the best wrestler. I'm not the best grappler. I'm really not the best anything. But what I do very well once I get going, I know, I know it's hard to stop me. Like a lot of my training partners even tell me it's hey, once you get going, you're you're a problem. You know, and I I like I just I keep that in my head, and I always just tell tell myself, hey, you gotta lead the dance. Go out there, lead the dance every time. Well, and there's one thing that you know. All skill levels people can train at and, and get, but there's one thing that you can't teach or, or whatever, and that's heart, right? And I, and I think that's probably oh, yeah. more on that is like, you know, and I had the, this talk to um, uh, Richie last podcast um, in regards to like even the, the restless mentality compared to a lot of, and it's just that constant grind where they just don't look for a way out and they just keep going, you know. Even if they're losing, even if things are going bad, they just keep going. And sometimes you, you, you can't, teach that quality you know um yeah but um i guess now with with bellator another another thing i wanted to ask is obviously you're sitting in quarantine right now um yeah what 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 kind of um protocols do they have i mean we we saw the you know when ufc went off to uh fight island which i guess everyone wanted to do because it looked like a pretty good holiday (laughs) um (laughs) but you know they made they made and I guess they had to as well just to show people that it's safe and stuff, but they made this big whole thing where there was being videos released and and I kind of felt like the COVID test was becoming the new flex because everyone that was getting tested was, you know, posting it on the gram, getting something stuck up their nose, yeah. which is kind of weird, right? Like that's the new flex. But uh, what... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, 
well, six months ago, it was having rolls of toilet paper. That was the flex, right? Um, yeah, it's all <laughs> foreign to us, basically. Um, but yeah, so what 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 kind of uh, things have uh, Bellator got in place in in regards to you know making sure you guys are safe and 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 so forth? You know, I I think Bellator is doing an awesome job. You know, they're they're not they're not being real sticklers about it, but you know, like they're letting us enjoy the whole process of it all at the same time, but still taking the necessary precautions, you know, just to, just to keep it safe. You know, like you don't need to blow it out, like blow it out of proportion and be like, Hey, you need to do this, do that, do that, do that. Like they're, they've been pretty cool. Like we got in, we, we got to walk around a little bit. Um, you know, they got hand sanitizers and all the masks posted up everywhere for us to, to use. And, um, they they had us take our COVID tests, you know, right uh, the day before we flew out, and we just did our COVID test again this morning, and then right as soon as we were done with that, they sent us right back to our room. Like even when we checked into the hotel, um, everyone had their mask on and just was like, "All right, this is where you gotta go. We'll show you where to your room," and they've been pretty pretty laid back about it. Like it's not. It's not terrible. We're like, this is no fun, you know? Like, I'm still enjoying fight week because I'm still hanging out with my friends and not feel like someone's sitting right outside of my door making sure I don't peek out the door and see if I can sneak away for whatever reason, you know? But, yeah, it's they're doing they're doing a great job. I don't think... I, I'm also one of those people that's kind of... I'm not really tripping on COVID too much, you know? I think that if we're healthy and doing what we need to do to stay safe, then that's really all we can do. You might as well just, it's life. You got to go on. Tomorrow's a new day. We got to keep doing it. We got to do it all over again. Well, exactly. And it's and it's kind of like, um, you know, when we are talking before about freedoms, right? Like the same conversation was had uh, with a friend where I was like, it's kind of weird that we're, we're doing all these lockdown things in order to save lives, right? That's, that's the main objective. <coughs> But then if my whole life is just about sitting at home because I can't go outside and live life, what life am I actually saving to, right? Like it's, 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 it's a kind of a weird concept because sometimes, you know, when you go into these total lockdowns, I'm like, well, I'm in prison now. Like I'm literally in prison. Like, yeah. and, and, and is this the life I want to live, right? But um, mm-hmm. talking about masks though, it, it, the, the thing I never understand is like I understand wearing the masks Obviously, all the way through, I guess, fight week while you guys are getting your tests and and then, you know, usually they, they wear them to, to weigh-ins and stuff like that. But once it gets to fight night, I why why are corners still wearing masks? Because like everyone's been <laughs> everyone's been everyone's been tested. Like everyone's been right, because the corners get tested too, right? Yeah. So yeah. I mean if the two fighters are in the in the in the cage and they're not wearing a mask. The ref's not wearing a mask. Why are the corners still wearing masks? You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's that that's what I mean about COVID. It's like you, everyone's got such a weird perspective of it all. Everyone like there's no way to really even go about it. Like no one understands it yet. You know, it's it's so new to us and. Like, really, one or two people wearing a mask isn't going to make any difference. If it's spread through, you know, bodily fluid contact, like if I spit on somebody's arm, it doesn't matter if it gets in their mouth or their face. It doesn't 
like they're gonna get it anyway if one person's not using it you know what i mean but my whole so, point my whole point with it is like i understand <laughs> if you go to the shopping center right to to buy groceries um Fair play, wear, wear the mask. But I'm saying, like, I mean, uh, f- f- uh, I guess everyone in the arena, yeah, yeah, right. I'm, I'm saying, or um, are you guys fighting in an empty arena as well, or you got crowd? Yeah, we, yeah, we got a little bubble. I guess a little, the little, the little so that's, arena. So that's my point. So if there was like a live audience there, then once again, I would go wear the masks. Totally justified. But when you're, when the only people in that room are people from the bubble that have all been tested. I just don't get it. I, I, I find it so Why funny. It and especially when you see the corners trying to talk to their fighters in between rounds and it keeps slipping down and they keep popping up. I'm like, that shit must just get annoying. They're, they're trying to yell at their fighter pulling it off so they can hear them. I, I don't get it. I'm still still trying to wrap my head around all these these bonehead things that's going on still. And then I guess the, the question is, does it become the new, as people call it, the new normal? Um, the new normal. Another question, obviously, and this is an extreme uh, couture question. A lot of the times when one of your guys go to war, the hashtag or whatever is burn the boats. Where did that come from? And what does it actually represent? Because like I always see it, like burn the boats, burn the boats, and I'm like sitting over here going, "Whose boats are we burning?" <laughs> so, can you just explain that to me? So, I, I'm pretty sure Eric was the one who came up with it. Um, like he's got Viking blood in him, um, so like he's he's a believer in that whole like back in the day, like the Vikings, the ancient Vikings used to, you know, they would they would take their boats over to foreign lands raid and then they would burn everyone's boats you know like they'd even burn their own boats you know so like there was no return it was you go to war the winner gets to take all and like there was no casualties left and like i guess he's kind of brought that into the sense for into the gym to where like we're always flying out to to our fights right um but just even if it's a home turf kind of fight, like just the mentality of being like, we're going on foreign soil and we're going to go over there and take over and just like, it's going to be our show. We're taking over and we're burning boats. And we ain't like, only way we're coming back is, you know, with the wind, you know? And it's it's the same saying as we used to say, we would always tell each other it was like, come back on your shield or come back with it. It's the same thing, you know, burn the boats. It's, old school just neanderthal kind of style warfare just hey you gotta go over there wreck havoc and come back and that's the only way to look at it i wasn't going to bring this up but i will now because you just talked about coming back on your shield do you think um and i don't know if you've listened to some because i've had this conversation on past episodes do you think (coughs) that cornerman in some cases, I'm not talking about all cases, but in some cases, need to throw in the towel a lot sooner than what they do. Um, you know, I've had this this talk with Eric because there is guys that are too tough for their own good. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm one of them. Like, there will be a point, maybe in some at some point in my career, where I'm getting getting beat and. I just won't, I won't give up. I won't quit. Like, but 
there has to be an understanding between the fighter and their cornerman that hey if if you feel that needs that towel needs to be tossed in there like i respect that you know that's him looking out for my life you know at the end of the day it's just it's the same as any job or any job that you know that can risk our life you know there's no job is worth our life and at the end of the day we want to go home to our family and friends whatever it is and i if eric was to throw the towel in there for me because he felt like he needed to i won't i won't look look i won't even think twice about why or be mad at him and and i I totally respect i totally respect that right because and and this has been my point all along is like i'd rather see you fight another day right and 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 it's because it's it's not like we're playing tennis where you know you lose lose a game you're like oh i shouldn't have or or you know at the end of the day if you take the wrong kind of beating like that can that can change your life like it's literally life changing right so and it's just weird. Like I even had um, one of our most respected refs on a couple of weeks ago, and he said, "In his fifteen years, and this is in pro amateur whatever, in his fifteen years, he's only ever had one towel thrown in in fifteen years." And I'm like, "That's just crazy, you know." And um, yeah, like I, I get it. You always want to give your fighter the best chance to potentially um come back and and take the win, and 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 I get that. But then there's sometimes where I see fights, and I'm like. There's no way, and right now he's just taking unnecessary damage, right? Like, like badly, uh-huh. um, you know. And and case in point that I keep bringing up is the Anthony Smith uh, uh, last, or not last fight, the fight before that, right, where he was picking up teeth mm-hmm. from the ground and handing it, and then afterwards he came and he said, "My coaches know that if they throw in the towel, they're no longer my coaches." And I'm like, "What kind of attitude is that to have?" Like, I get it, but it's kind of like, dude, you know. It's yeah, looking out for you, man. Right. And, and you know, the thing is with cornermen too, they see, they get to see it from the outside in a different angle, in a different light. You know, we're in there in the heat of the moment, adrenaline's pumping, you know, and obviously we fight because we enjoy this, you know. So, like, in some kind of twisted way, our heads is thinking, oh, we're like, I'm fine. We're good. We're good, you know. But it's one of those things where I think a cornerman. Or your cornerman needs to, can see how bad it really is because we don't see it. Like you could be getting cracks the whole fight and not really realize it because why your adrenaline's pumping. You know you don't really feel half the punches that's gonna be thrown at you. By like if you're getting a beating, you're probably numb. You know and just getting tossed around and that's what I mean. Or I think more fighters need to have that talk with their their coaches and just be fully like black and white if you're gonna throw that towel in like i respect it i understand it and i see your point of view i'm not gonna be mad about it i'm not gonna turn around and be pissed off at eric for pulling me out of a fight after my tooth got my two three teeth just got knocked out i'm probably taking a beating you should probably turn that throw that thing in like you know i'd rather and it was crazy i'd rather get paid half my purse than then go home with a broken skull well and 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 that's the thing get paid half you put i think that's the problem too is just the pay structure that it is because th- you got a lot of money riding on it, I get that too. You can't kind of like, but once again, if if your fighter's in a position where you're, where you just know you're like he ain't coming back from this, he ain't gonna get that win bonus anyway, right? Like I'm talking about, as I said, I'm not I'm not talking about like you've had a bad round. I'm talking about you've had a bad three rounds. Like it's 
you know what I mean? Like this. So once again, yeah. I'm not expecting like a towel to be thrown every single card or every, even every year. But when you're talking about in 15 years, one towel's been thrown, I kind of go, "That's crazy, right?" Like that. Yeah, that, that to is me, pretty crazy. Imagine that, how many fights he's he's worked. You know. Well, he he told me. That, I think it was uh, from crazy. from memory. He was like, uh, I think it was 541 or 542 fights. Like he literally wow. counts counts every single fight, one right? Towel. And one towel's been thrown in. I've seen I've seen maybe two two or three fights in the last year that probably could have been like uh, you can probably throw the towel and you know like or and, and the even, weird I mean the, even referees make the mistake too you know like sometimes they stop it too late or stop it too early, but if you know there is somewhere you can argue like hey that was pretty early. Uh, but, you know, if a referee stops a fight, like if it's for me personally, if a referee stops a fight and I'm clearly taking a beating, I'm not going to get up and be like, bro, what are you doing? You know, like, I'd be like, hey, thanks but, for looking out. But the funny, the, the funny thing on that point is um, a lot of the time, it's not even the fighter that has the problem. It's the cornerman. They'll come and they'll they'll be like, you stopped that too early and you stopped this, you know, like so. But on, on that token, the difference I see there as well is whether it's a, a um, let's say an official of any capacity, right, judge or ref, you're always going to get backlash. You stopped it too early. You stopped it too late. You know, uh, if yeah. it goes to the judges, robbery, this and that. Like, I don't think that a corner looking after their fighter's best health would get that same kind of criticism. Like, I, I, I once again, it doesn't happen that often. But like, say someone threw in a towel, I don't think the fans would go. What you throw in the towel for? You know, like, because they, you give that kind of respect to those coaches as well that they know what they're doing. Uh-huh. Not that I'm saying that officials don't know what they're doing, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like, the casual fan, especially, you know, and, and it happens in all sports, like even in, in football and stuff, yeah. like people, oh, where's your glasses, ref? You know, like, they're always going to cop it where I feel that. You know, if it came from the coach, they they wouldn't really cop that kind of a, a a verbal beating, and especially in today's world where everyone's on social media and you get all these keyboard warriors and you know. Um, but yeah, I just don't. Yeah, as I said, I, I find it interesting, and I always relate back to as well, like the the boxing thing that um, to bounce back from an L in MMA is a lot easier than to bounce back from an L in boxing yet I see more boxing coaches throwing the towel than I do uh, MMA coaches, right? And yeah. that, and that and that's the oh, weird yeah. thing because I'm kind of like, you could drop, like you have a good performance this weekend, right? People aren't even going to see your last fight, right? Like it, that's how quickly you can yeah. bounce back from a loss where in boxing, it takes a while to get back out. Oh, up, but he right? lost to so-and-so or right? whatever it is, yeah. Um, so, and, and that's why I kind of feel as I say, that's that's a real weird mentality and, and, and I get it as well, um, you know, if you put it down to your coach. A, I think you should be picking the right people for your corner, right, to the point where you don't yeah. have to threaten them and, and, and say, listen, if you call the fight, you're no longer my corner. You're the one who chose to have those people in your corner and you're choosing them because you think they have the best interest at, at heart, right? So, like, I, I, I think it's kind of weird that you have to go down that route but my, my end point to that as well is even if I was threatened to be out of the job, right, at the end of the day, sometimes you've got to go, I've got to do what's right for, 
you know, my duty of care. Like at the end of the day, yes, uh-huh. I might not be back in his corner or maybe after, you know, a couple of months, he'll realize that I made the right call. But at the end of the day, yeah. as a human being, you've got to make, you've got to have that duty of care is, is, is where I stand with it. But um, as you said, like, yeah. it, it's about having the right relationship with your coach, I guess. You know, you know what I think also plays a role is, um, is you know, coaches do get paid, you know, based off whatever the fighter makes, ten percent, fifteen percent of half their purse or their full purse, um, and I think sometimes coaches do. I'm not saying they do, but I think it does cloud the judgment that uh, you know, like they get stuck on. Oh, maybe he'll get the fifty k in the win or. And I'll get this much X amount of money more than I would if you lost, you know. And I know some coaches that don't take don't take from their fighters' purses for certain reasons, like even reasons like you know, if I don't want you to fight, and because I think it's not a good fight for you, like you're not gonna fight, you know. And I respect that kind of decision by a coach if they say, uh, I think this fight could be bad for you not because i don't believe in you just because they're looking out for you you know what i mean and yeah i i think that's one of those things that could cloud your judgment in in a fight or for a cornerman because they'll be like oh no 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 like he can he can come back he can come back and he's clearly he can beat up and but in the back of their head it's like oh i might get paid this much more if you get get the win so and i and i agree with that so 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 once again if you say come out and you win the first round or it's competitive and the second round is bad for you, I would then go, okay, we'll give him the third round. 100%, I would do that, right? Like to see, okay, he's lost, he's won one or potentially won one or it was close, he's dropped one, let's see what... But the case of Anthony, it was like he won the first and then the next three rounds were 10-8s. Like I, I, I say like... Once again, if it's a close fight, dropping around, I'm not talking about dropping rounds. I'm talking about when you're getting beat, like beat. Yeah. As in like, I don't I mean, even know how the thought theory would be like, oh, if he wins, I might make, make an extra amount of money. Like I'm saying fights where you say there is no there is no coming out of this anymore. Like yeah. literally there was, you know what I mean? And you couldn't even say, um, oh, but he might get that lucky shot in and, and knock uh, Teixeira out because... The rest of the fight was just to share it on the top, on the ground, just belting into him. Um, yeah. You know, apologizing and then Anthony going, it's all right, it's part of the job. Like, I mean, that's the funny thing too at the moment. We get all the audio, right? Like, because there's no hey, audio. There's no he's audience. another dude, too tough for his own good. Right. You know? Um, and, right. It, and it's just like, it's those fights where I'm like, look, you're not going to get the win bonus. Like, you just not, like, it's not going in that direction at all. And, and so, uh, once again, I'm not trying to, make this whole point like, ah, we should be throwing in the towel all the time. Like it's, it's literally, there's just certain fights where you look at it and you're like, this is crazy. Like, what are they even doing? But, um, bottom line is just, they just got to have an understanding coach and fighter together in trust each other's judgment. That's all. Sweet. So we, we will start to wrap up soon. Um, before I do, I just want to say, uh, the visualization, this fight, uh, are you because it's two actually it's two fights uh, in a row right like there there there's two cards so you, yeah there's a Friday, Friday and a Saturday the, and you're fighting on the Saturday 
Um, on Saturday, yes. So how do, how do you see um, this fight going down? Like, obviously, um, do you see it going the distance? Do you like how how you how you feeling? Um, you know, you know, it's funny that you asked that. Uh, Eric actually called every single one of my wins. He's called all four of them by each strike accurate and in the first round. Um, first fight, same thing. He said, he said, right hand, first round. It happened. Second round, uh, second fight was the body kick. He called it. He said, left body kick, finish the fight, first round. Um, same thing, third and fourth one. Um, fourth fight, actually fourth fight, I said, I was like, I'm not leaving this first round. I was, I was in my head, I was like, no, nah, we're not leaving this first round. I, I need to get this done. Like, I don't, I don't want to be in there longer. Cause this, that dude that I fought was dangerous in my first fight. And I was like, no, nah, we're not leaving the first round. And so going into this fight, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to, it's just different. Uh, Eric, Eric and Ray believe it's not going to leave the first. Um, I'm coming off a loss, you know, I'll, I'll take a win however it's painted like i'll paint the picture as long as i win and um but if i'm being completely honest i don't see this going past two past two i want it i want it done in the first two nice and yeah you definitely don't want to see it out to the judge's decision yeah um, i want to i want to i want to get a knockout i really want it i'm hungry for it just that's how i how i think it's gonna go down we'll see though Nice, nice. All right. Well, um, before I let you go, though, um, we'll we'll just go through a couple of fights that are coming up as well. I like to always get a few little predictions. Um, the first, ah, all right. the, the 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 first one, um, I believe, is an ex teammate of yours now, because um, I think he's moved or he's in the process of moving, um, which is Uriah uh, versus Anderson Silva. Uh, how do you see that fight going down? You know, it's, that's a really good fight um, for Uriah, especially. Um, this was the fight that should have happened a while back. Uh, I actually helped Uriah for that whole camp leading up um, to that fight until Anderson pulled out. Yeah, Anderson pulled out. And, um, you know, Southpaw kind of, we don't have the same style, but like we both play that very long game very well. And Uriah, I think he, man, the dude's, the dude's a monster. He's coming off two finishes. And like with, with him, it's just you don't know what you're going to get. I think I think if Anderson goes in there and, you know, tries to be patient and find his shots, I don't see I don't see him beating Uriah. Uriah is one of those guys you got to get in his face and really, you got to bring the fight to him. And if you let Uriah get going, he's a, he's probably one of the scariest guys I've ever sparred with. And he, even when he's nice to me, like, so I, I see Uriah possibly, ah, uh, maybe not even getting a finish, but I, I see it be being a unanimous his way. I, I definitely uh, see it as an entertaining fight, like, because they're both elite strikers, right? Like, it's kind of when Izzy yeah, fought uh, Anderson down in Melbourne. I thought that was kind of cool, right? The only thing that I guess yep. worries me with Uriah is that, and no fault of his own, he's had a bit of a layoff, right? Because all these fights kept, yeah kept dropping out on him and you know it's it's always one of those things like is the layoff good obviously it allows your body to recover but 
you know, you want to keep your tools sharp as well. And I think that's the only thing that yeah. kind of concerns me a little bit. But apart from that, I, I just think it's going to be an awesome fight. Um, next one on the list is, they. I think they've announced it or they're talking about it, is uh, Dustin versus uh, Ferguson. Oh, yeah. I think they did announce it. Um, you know what? That, that fight is... You see, Dustin is like Gaethje, like just scrappy, get in your face. Another one of those guys that's too just too tough for their own good. Um, and I think if Dustin can actually do what Gaethje did to Ferguson, we'll probably see the same result. Um, maybe not as bad, but we'll see the same result. Um, on the other hand, I think. Ferguson is one of those guys too. It's just, man, he he's a boogeyman. Like you, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I I like Dustin in that fight. Um, I'm also a very big Dustin fan as well. But um, I think he he's got the tools to get it done as well. Nice. Now we go to the Aussie, <laughs> which is uh, Whitaker versus Kennedy. How do you how do you see that? Do you think uh, Whitaker's turned the page and and he's Back on the come up, or or do you like Kananea in this one? Um, I like I like Whitaker, man. He I, he's grown over me. I'm um, grown grown on me over the years. Um, he he's been active, so like, and Kananea is like, you, you see him sometimes. He's also just flying under the radar, you know. Like, and I think Whitaker has he's still at the top of his game right now. You know, like, yeah, he lost the title, but um, I don't think he's really missed a step. He's still really good, really hungry. Um, he said he's fresher now. His body is feels better. He His mind is in a much better place than it was before. And he had a tough last fight against uh, Till. And, but those were two ticking time bombs. Like that's, that's a fight that you kind of just, you're going to sit back a little bit and be like, uh, all right, who, who's going to make the first move, you know? And that's what we saw. Um, styles make fights, and I think I think Whitaker has has the tools in his box to to pull that one pull that one out. I see going to uh, a decision for that fight, but I think I think Whitaker gets it gets it done in a close fight. Maybe split. We'll see. Um, next is Ortega versus Korean Zombie. And do you think that is the oh. contender fight? Do you think the winner will get Alex? Um, yeah, I think I think the winner does get Alex. Because I know they were talking about Max getting another shot, but there's going to be a lot of angry people about Max getting that shot before anybody else. You know what I mean? And I think he's got something with so – he's finding someone else too. But, and um, I also think Alex has kind of stated it makes no sense for him and he's been very big about like, because every time they ask him like, well, who are you going to fight next? He's like, well, the number one contender. And I kind of feel like this Korean zombie versus Ortega is kind of that fight. So I think, yeah, that, I, I definitely think I the winner will get Alex. But um, yeah, but how do you see that fight going down? And who do you give that one to? I, uh, I think Korean zombie takes it. Um. Uh, a lot of people are probably gonna say no to that, but I think I think Korean Zombie is one of those guys where he he's he's tough as nails, man. Too, he's just grimy, 
gets in your face, takes a lot of damage, gives a lot of damage. And we've seen that when um, Brian fought um, Max and Korean Zombie can get in get in uh, Brian's face the same way that Max did to Brian. So I think we'll probably see it or probably not as bad as that fight was, but we'll see we'll see something along those lines where Korean Zombie's getting in his face, tagging him up. It'll be a good scrap. I think that one goes to the decision. No one gets finished, but it'll be it'll be real close back and forth scrap. See a lot of blood in that fight for sure. All right, and there's rumors now of a BMF title number two. But once again, it's Masvidal versus Diaz. <laughs> um, how do you see that fight going down? Do you, do you think it'll go down much like the first, or do you, do you even think that the first got stopped a little early? Or, or like, yeah, how do you how do you see this fight? You know what? I gotta watch that fight again. Um, it's been a while, so I don't really remember that fight, but. I do think that Masvidal has grown so much. And man, the dude jumped, literally jumped in how much better he is from where he was maybe two years ago, two, three years ago. And now he's, the dude's making really big jumps as far as progressing as a fighter. Like nobody expected him to defend as many takedowns as he did against Kamaru or let alone do as well as he did against Kamaru, you know? I mean, that was boring fight but um like he he showed really how talented he is and how much and he has grown as a fighter yeah he's tough man and i've got to train with him and you know i've got to speak to him a little bit a while this was a couple years ago and like the way his his head is really wired he's man the dude's down to scrap too he's he's willing he's one of those guys uh on my shield or i'm coming back with it you know and I think I think Masvidal, and I think Diaz is just they're just trying to reclaim old glory, you know. And I think Masvidal is just he's he's the man there right now. He's gonna he's gonna beat Diaz. I think boxing is probably much cleaner than Diaz's. Um, I think I think uh, Masvidal will finish him. I don't know when, but at some point in that fight, probably late. We'll see though. All right, now we go back to the that's, Aussie. That's interesting. Now we go back to the Aussie and Bellator. Uh, Arlene Angerfist is going to be facing off against Cyborg. How do you see that one go down? Ooh. You know, I don't know. That's actually, you know, like Cyborg, we've seen two sides of her over the last two years, I'd say. Like, we were like, ah, she doesn't, she doesn't want to fight anymore. She's doesn't like getting hit, and we've seen her come out and just demoralize. Uh, what was her name in that last fight? And it's like, oh man, like what? Are, which cyborg are we gonna get? But you know, I don't know. That's a really tough one. I think, uh, I think cyborg might edge it out, but who knows? Like. If if Arlene gets going early, I think she could maybe edge out, slightly edge it out, you know. But Cyborg's Cyborg's an animal. Like she's one of the scariest women to walk grace the octagon or any cage for that matter. And that'll be fun to see. I don't know. I, I couldn't even pick one, to be honest. 
I always say, yeah, she is one of the scariest, but I also say, you know, they're scary when they're unbeaten, right? It's like, as I say, like right yeah. now, like um, Khabib's on that on that wavelength, right? It's like he's unbeatable until yep. he gets beaten. And then we saw what happened to Ronda Rousey, right? Like she was this unstoppable yeah. woman and she got beat. She took a year off, got beat again. Like, so I, I think everyone has their time. And look, Cyborg's also aging yeah. as well, so I don't know. But then again, Arlene's not the 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 youngest spring chicken a, a anymore either. So, look, it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be a fun fight. Um, uh, Izzy versus Costa. Izzy versus Costa. You know, I, I really don't care who wins that fight. I just really want to see both of them get slapped in the mouth. <laughs> like, I'm not a big fan of both guys, <laughs> but um. Like, but I'll give credit where it's due. They're both monsters as well. Like, Izzy, Izzy's not a joke, you know. Um, Paulo, well, he's a specimen. He's a freak of nature. And the dude can take a shot, and we've seen that as well. Um, you know, Whitaker, Whitaker showed a couple kinks in Izzy's armor. And, I don't, like, we'll see if Paulo can capitalize and, you know, do something with that. But, um... You know, I think I think if it goes a distance, or if it goes past two rounds, I think Izzy finishes it at some point. Um, I if not, I don't know. We'll see if Costa can come out guns blazing and put it on him. Maybe he might catch him, but I think Izzy, I think Izzy finishes him late, late in that fight at some point. See, everyone's talking about like Costa being like yo, except he's going to force the fight. But I, I also feel like that complaint to Izzy's hands because I, I think he's a very technical um, striker and he and uh, and, and a counter striker awesome at that, right? So I kind of awesome go, yes, Costa will bring that fight, but two that could actually go against him in in that sense. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um. He, now he throws so much bomb, throws so many bombs, and leaves himself open at times, which, um left him open to get tagged a couple of times in that, what was that, the, the, UL, the UL, UL fight. And um, like, there you go, you know, same thing. It's Izzy can spot that. Same as what Whitaker did. Whitaker left himself open for a split second, trying to throw too many bombs, and, and Izzy capitalized. So I, I think Izzy will probably end up doing exactly that. Next was... It, well, it was going to be the fight that everyone wanted, which was Tony versus Khabib, right? But that was the most cursed fight in the world. And six times over or whatever it was, it, it wasn't going to happen. I don't think we'll ever get to see that fight. So now it's Justin versus Khabib. Um, how do you see that one? Um, that'll be actually a good fight. Um, I think Khabib, knowing that he's such a dominant, superior wrestler to everyone he's ever graced the cage with um i think he will stand and bang with them just a little bit just to make him think he's gonna do that and i think could be tries to wrestle him just to be like oh yeah i'm the man like i'm still the better wrestler because you know gaethje can wrestle you know and i think he's gonna try and prove a point and be like okay i can stand and bang with you and i can probably out wrestle you and if he does that's if he does do that, oh man, it's gonna be a long night for Gaethje. And but if he doesn't get going on Gaethje first, which Gaethje's really good at getting stronger and better throughout the rounds, um, 
I, I can see it being a close fight as well. Uh, I don't think anyone gets finished, to be honest. I think it probably ends up going to a decision. Are you tilting one way or the other? I was actually just thinking about that. Uh, I think could be probably fin- fin- gets the finish. Oh, not gets the finish, gets the decision. Fair play. We're a very close fight. I don't know. That's see, like, I'm I'm, I'm like kind of make like real close. yeah. See, I'm I, I might be hopeful or something. I don't know. And and it's not that I don't like Khabib either. Like you know, as I said, he's he's brilliant at what he does. But I think you know, as you've mentioned, like Justin's a good striker. Um, he's a good wrestler, which could nullify some of that. Yeah. And the thing is, what we saw in the last Tony fight is that he's more calculated now where he wasn't before, but he's very calculated now. And as I said, it could be helpful just because I like the underdog story or whatever. Um, But I I think there could be an upset there. Maybe, maybe. It could. It It, it, it is razor close. I'm a Gaethje fan. So like, I'm I'm actually hoping that Gaethje wins that fight. But like like I said, I'm 50-50 right now. Like I'm really don't know who's going to take it. Uh, like, that's one of those, if someone asked me, hey, should I put money on this fight? I'd be like, nope, don't ask me because I ain't going to give you no answer. <laughs> I got nine for you. All right, so now we'll go to another Aussie. we got Megan Anderson versus Amanda Nunes. How do you... Uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of both fighters. Um... I'm also one of those people that I just get bored when it's the same champion for so long. And Amanda's did amazing things for the sport. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I, it's like if I had to compare Amanda to somebody, it'd be like GSP. Just, just retire on top. Like, just ride into the sunset and let it be. And so part of me is like in my head, I'm like, come on, Megan. Like, I want Megan to win this fight, you know? Um, Amanda has been, man, she's a gangster, bro. She she really makes very calculated, um, high IQ decisions in fights. She knows where to keep the fight. She knows how to to keep the fight in her hands, you know. She leads the dance in all her fights. And um, I think, I also think Megan is still kind of learning how to be at the top of the sport you know i don't think she's i don't think she's quite ready for amanda yet but if you know i think if she if you know if if amanda comes out and kind of takes it a little lightly megan could pull something probably off like who knows it'd be something crazy but i think amanda wins just because she's she's still so much better than a lot of the people in that division you know She's a lot better. She's like GSP of his time, just so much better than everybody else. So I think Amanda wins. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. And and on on that, like, I've made a bit of money on Amanda because until, obviously, she... <laughs> yeah, she, she kept, <laughs> Man, they kept her as an underdog for so many fights when she was coming up. I couldn't believe it. Like, every time she was like, oh. underdog, underdog, underdog. And I'm like... Yeah, she bet bet right. Bet. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Like, and and I'm not even talking about close underdogs. Like, over here, some of them were like paying three dollars or something, you know, like which is I, I don't know how you plus two hundred plus three hundred. I don't know how it all works, but yeah, yeah like it was yeah. a major underdog. Same and thing. I was like, this is crazy. Um, all right, I've got two more for you. 
So we got Usman versus Burns. Oh, I like Gilbert. I like Gilbert Burns, man. Dude's riding his wave right now. The dude's literally riding his wave. He just scary. He's so hungry, you know, and I think um uh, I think Masvidal also showed uh everyone what Usman has, you know? Like if you can weather his storm a little bit and really put the pressure on him a little bit, I think which I think Gilbert can do, especially since they were teammates. Like they know each other well enough to like Oh, I know what's his weaknesses, but they know each other's weaknesses, you know. But I think Gilbert being so much hungrier and man, she's riding his wave, and that just that alone could probably even be the difference in the fight. He's his confidence is through the roof. So I think Gilbert will will get it done in five. I I don't it won't be a finish, but I think it'll get it, they'll get it done in five just because they know each other so well. See, and I was I was gonna say like the one thing I like about Gilbert is the hunger. You can see he's hungry. He uh, he he's he he yeah. is that lion wanting to be released, right? Like he he's just chomping at the bit. Yep, I mean that's the, you know what they say: scary man is an ambitious man. So, yeah, that's what it is right there. All right, so the last one is kind of a a, a two part question, uh, Stepe. Obviously. Um, Firstly, uh, Francis was told he'd have that next crack at him. Um, now John uh-huh. jo- now John Jones is out there trying to make a case for it as well, saying, you know, we've seen that fight and also you want it, the biggest super fight ever, get John Jones versus Stipe. Um, so the two parts to this question is, um, how do you see that? Who do you think should fight Stipe next? Um, and then also... You know, how do you see that fight going either way, whether it be John or whether it be uh, Francis? Um, you know what? It's messed up that John Jones gets to do whatever the hell he wants in the UFC. And that it bugs me sometimes because it, it's not just him. Like, there is there is some people in the UFC that just gets to kind of do whatever they want, but oh, no. especially John Jones. He, I mean, yeah, he's, this, he's earned a lot of it, but he's also did a lot to not deserve it, you know? And um, I think if Stipe was to fight Francis, which should be the first fight to happen, uh, that's tough. Francis is my teammate. So it's like, uh, I could see Francis winning. His grappling has gotten so much better. He's, he grapples, you know, a lot. And especially with Roy Nelson, Tim, uh, Tim Johnson in the gym, those guys can wrestle and and grapple you know and he gets a lot of work with those guys um it won't be like the first fight i think francis will make it a much closer fight and stipe has finally started starting to show that he's losing a little bit of his step you know what i mean like the way dc was able to touch him up and whatnot and francis being a little more technical going into this next fight if they do fight um i think francis could actually finish him in that, in that at some point in that fight. Um, I don't see Stipe trying to grapple him and beat him up like he did last time. Right and away, I think you know? I think that's where that one sits, right? It's it's literally how much has Francis improved in the wrestling, and not even as in like to wrestle. Has he got enough defense, right? And and the only reason yeah. being is 
that's how Stipe kind of grinded it out. Now, when you look at the power that's yeah. behind Francis, I mean, look, uh, DC was able Scary. to knock out uh, Stipe on the on the first encounter, right? And Francis hits a lot harder than that. So it's a matter oh, of yeah. can he keep it standing and can he tag him or does Stipe manage to get him down and just grind it out? I mean, th- that's basically how I see that fight is. Yeah. Has Francis I, I got enough Francis- defense, defense to keep that fight up? Yeah, I think, well, even then, if it gets to the ground, I think Francis has enough knowledge of the ground now to where if he gets on top, he, like, that's not a guy you want on top of you. You know what I mean? Um, Like, I sparred with him numerous times, and he don't even strike with me. He'll grapple me. And he's so, like, you know, I've been, I'm not a great grappler either, but, like, I've grappled him when he first came to extreme, where I was like, oh, I could yeah, let's grapple. Like, I have no problem grappling him. But now it's like, no, nah, I don't want to grapple with you, bro. You know, now you're just, now you officially know what you're doing. You're strong and your two weight class is bigger than I am. So I don't want to, I don't even want to play in your, in your ballpark. But um, yeah, I think, I think Francis can definitely get it done this time if that fight happens. Um, John Jones, on the other hand, John Jones. This is John Jones. The dude, his striking, his his fight IQ is through the roof as well. He, you can see him make changes in a fight between rounds so well, and it, like imply, um, implement them right as the next round comes right away, no problem. So, I think if John Jones can put on the muscle and really actually build that heavyweight frame he'll be even a monster there he'll be like gustafson you know what i mean if if there was a heavyweight and just big monsters so i think i can i think uh john jones can even probably finish the uh stipe and you know four rounds so either way you're saying Stipe's days are numbered as the champ. Either way, he's losing that belt, yeah. whether it be to Francis or to to yeah. Jones. I I also think the UFC is even trying to find a way to get Stipe to not be the champion. You know what I mean? Like it's because he's not marketable. Or it's uh, not that he's unmarketable. It's I think I think his his road as being of being the champion is just slowly going elsewhere you know what i mean i think the ufc has plans to bring the the heavyweight division elsewhere rather than just with stipe you know like that's why they haven't put him or built stipe into mega fights or whatever it is you know like they're just letting stipe kind of just oh here we'll give you this fight when we feel like it uh like the dude doesn't get paid as nearly as much as he should be getting paid you know what i mean so I, I don't see the UFC trying to keep him as a champion. I, I, I think they'll finally find somebody that'll dethrone him and make him think about retirement. Nice. Well, that that's it for me. Like that literally is, we, we've gone a little over. I knew we would, but I mean, it's been, it's been a while yeah. in the making, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, I, I you know, I, I do really appreciate the time, um, especially during fight week, but you know, how else are you going to spend quarantine, right? This is this is a pretty good way. Yeah, might as well. Um, so yeah, I, I always give people the opportunity anyway. Um, you know, if anyone ever wants to reach out to you, whether it's just you know because they're a fan of what you do, whether they want to come train with you, 
um, as a fighter and also, I guess, as your PT sessions, um, if they want to be yelled at you for a little while, what's the uh, kind of best way for people to get in touch with you? Um, I think Instagram would be the best way to get in contact with me. I got my notifications on for that, so I usually don't miss messages. Um, so you can go on my Instagram at Ty underscore Gorder. Um, yeah, that would be the best way to reach me, reach out to me. So go ahead and shoot me a message, even if it's just a simple conversation. I'm, I'm always down to have a conversation. Well, there you go. You heard it right there. The best way is to just slide into his DMs. Um, I do appreciate your time. Um, as I said, best of luck. Thank you for joining us on Fight Week. Um, Best of luck on the weekend. Uh, I think you said second round, so I'll be putting a little wager on that one. Uh, bring those heavy hands as I see you wearing on your hat. And, um, yeah, say hello to the rest of the guys for me. Um, and, yeah, um, I was going to say people should get to the Mohegan Sun, but it's an empty stadium, so make sure you check it out on Bellator. Uh, and until next time, we are done. I'm a I'm the way, way.